Amen. There is a God. And he's alive. If you don't think he's alive, try holding your breath for 30 seconds. And you will realize that God is alive. And not only God is alive, but God is good. Not some of the time. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Try making anything out of dust. And you will see how great God is. Because he made the best thing that he ever made out of dust. Yes, Lord. Good morning. You came looking for brother, but there he'll be back next week. But he told me to tell you something. And I'm going to tell you something and then I'm going to let you go home. Those of you who are visiting who may not be members of the Church of Christ, we say welcome. We're happy you're here. We're so glad that you decided to stop by and visit with us today. Those of you who are from another congregation of Lord's people, it's so good to see you. It's always good when we can come open God's book, study his word, which is able to save our souls. And those of us who labor here, we expect to see you on Sunday morning. Brother Williams, good morning. Raise your hand. Brothers and sisters, Brother Williams is here to take the money for the retreat, for the men's retreat. And sisters, if you tired of your husband and want to get rid of him for three days, see Brother Williams afterward, and he will take your money. Even if you got to lay away it, he'll do it. Long as he get that money before October, He'll be happy. Amen. Yeah. And brothers, you know your wife going shopping, so why don't you go? That same week. Just give everybody a budget. Amen. All right. And please, uh, there's a sign-up sheet out on the foyer for the end of the year Friends and Family Day. The picnic, please make sure that you sign. And those of you who want face painting, there's a sign-up sheet out there also. And if you get your face painted, at least 20 of you, I'll get mine painted also. That way we all look just alike. Amen? Amen. So good to see you. Anything else I need? That's it? Oh, the day of the picnic, yes. August the 25th from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock so Brother Lucas could come and eat and get home before the sun go down. Amen. Yeah, we had Brother Lucas in mind when we set the time. And, and Brother Roy and all of our seniors. Yes, so. Let's make sure we do that. Romans chapter. Whoa. Why are we here? And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And Sister Brenda Oliver, stand up. Right there in front of me should be saved. Welcome to the work and the fellowship of the Lord's church. Amen. That certificate does two things. It let God know that you accepted him. And it lets you know that God has accepted you. Aren't we great? Yes. Welcome, Sister Oliver. I, I guess I didn't know who you were because you've been here coming here for a long time. What took you? Amen. Saint, look, just get in. No matter when. Romans chapter number three. 
Now, at 8 o'clock, we all read. You don't have a Bible, there's no excuse. They got it on the, on the screen. All right? Sister Stevens, are we ready? All right, Sister Stevens, say we ready. Romans 3, 23, for we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has sent forth to be a perpetuation through the faith that is in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sin that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believe in Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, justice paid. Amen. Amen. Justice paid. You, 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 that's shouting. That's enough to shout right there. Justice paid. Let's see what Paul says. One of the greatest things about New Testament Christianity is the fact that we obtain the blessing without paying the price. That we receive the blessing without paying the price. In other words, you and I, the text said, all have sinned. Now, I hear you. You said, not me. Well, I'm not talking to the holiest and the righteous this morning. I, I, I just want to talk to us where the text said have sinned and has fallen short of the glory of God. Now, when Paul wrote this, he was telling us something that I'm going to have to go back and show you because he was saying that before you were born, you had a sin problem because of the head of the human race, Adam. This is the only time that someone caused you and I to fall short of the glory of God. And then in verse 25 and 26, listen to what the apostle says. Whom God had set forth to be a perpetuation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sin that are what? Pass through the forbearance of God. And watch verse 26 says, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness might be just and that he might be the justifier of them who believe in Jesus. Now, let me tell you what he's saying. 
He says that the righteousness of God, that he might be God is both just and he's the justifier. God, see, God is just. God, in other words, Paul's saying that God is fair. God is honorable. God is sincere. And not only that, but he's also the justifier. Now, you ever go to court? You got the judge and you got the jury. See, when you picking a jury, you hoping that when you present your case, you can convince all of those jurors that you write. But a case where there's 12 jurors, you present your case, but one of them don't believe you. Mistrial or retrial. But Paul, Paul says that God is both judge and jury when it comes to your sin. That's another shouting verse. See, you don't have to worry if the jury, the jury don't like you, but the judge do. Or you don't have to worry if the judge don't like you, but the jury do. Because God is both judge and jury. And then Paul says that he's just and he is the justifier. Justice paid. Somebody. Got to pay. Because God demands justice. But before I get to my text, I got to take you back to Eden. Because what happens in Eden is why Paul penned 25. And 26. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 that the serpent was more crafty than any beast that the Lord God had made. Now, now the serpent represent sin. The serpent wasn't sin now. The serpent represent sin. It symbolized, it's the symbol of what sin represented. The devil used the serpent as his agent. Because see, we will get wrapped up in the snake being sin where the snake is just a symbolization of what is symbol. The devil is real. Don't you let nobody tell you that the devil is some fragment of somebody's imagination. 
The devil is real. But sin, sin didn't come into the picture until the devil entered the garden. The garden was pure. Designed for man to habitat there forever. God had, had declared that he was going to build an organization for his people in the garden. In the garden. Give, give me a minute. I'm going somewhere. But until... Satan showed up and defiled the garden. God had to establish another place. Now, Satan, the devil, was not always the devil. Let, let, me, let me help somebody. The devil once was an angel that lived in heaven. Isaiah, brother, brother um, Claiborne, Isaiah chapter number 14. Because see, when you understand who the devil was, then you will understand why Paul said the things that he said in Romans chapter 3. In Isaiah chapter 14, I said, Isaiah 14, and start at verse 12, uh, uh, Brother Claiborne. Listen to what the text said. How, how art thou fallen from heaven? No, 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 let me, yeah. Listen to how, how he start off the, the sentence. How art thou fallen from heaven? Now, now you got to, whoever this was, was in heaven. Okay. And not only, but it was in heaven, but he had a name up there. Go ahead. O Lucifer. O Lucifer. Son of the morning. Identify. Who Paul was talking about. Okay. But it said, how has thou fallen from heaven, O oh, Lucifer, Lucifer, son of, of the, the morning. morning? Go ahead, Brother Claiborne. How art thou cut down to the ground, which, go, go ahead. which did weaken the nations? Now watch what he said. When you were in heaven, you had one status. Okay. But you didn't become... Satan, until you came down to the earth. Go ahead and read Brother Cleveland. Okay. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. Uh-huh. I will exalt my Myself. throne. Go ahead. Above the stars of God. Stop right there. I will ascend in heaven. Yes, sir. I will exalt, exalt what? My throne. My throne. Above the, above star the stars. Of God. Of God. Go ahead, read. I will I, sit. So I will do what? I will sit. I will sit. Go also ahead. upon the mount of uh -huh. the congregation. Yes, sir. In the sides of the north. Uh-huh. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Read. I will be like the most high. Oh, hold up. Hold up. You see his issue? He wanted to be like the most high God. That's why he, two people cannot rule in the same house. When my boys come home and they bring their friends and they say, this is my dad and mom. And my dad is my best friend. I said, oh. Stop right there. 
Let's get, I don't want your friend to be confused that I'm your friend. Okay. I'm not your friend today. Uh -huh. I wasn't your friend yesterday, and I will not be your friend tomorrow. Uh -huh. I'm never your friend. I'm your father. All right. Amen. Amen. So the devil, the devil wanted to be like God. the most, most high, high yeah. God. Amen. Read, Brother Claiborne. Yet thou shalt be brought down to now, hell. Now, 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 in 14, the devil was talking. Okay. In 15, God, <laughs> God picks up it. the conversation. Amen. And God said, thou, what? Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. Thou shalt be brought down to hell. hell. To the what? To the, the sides, sides of, of the pit. pit. See, when you think that you are going to be equal with God, God will bring you down to hell. Every now and then you got folks in the church, they become more holy than thou. They want to be like God. But the text says that God, whenever you want to be like God, God will bring you down to hell. Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 14. Ezekiel chapter 28. Yeah, thank you, Roy. Thank you, Roy. Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 14. And then let's see. What the text said. See, because I have to be able to show you and demonstrate what was going on in Eden. In Ezekiel chapter 14, 28, and verse 14, what the Bible said, Brother Veal? Right go here. ahead. That thou, verse 28. thou art, go ahead. Verse 14. Yeah, you had it right. I messed you up. That's all right. I got 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I got 20 more minutes. Huh? I'll Ezekiel get it all 28 in. And 14. Listen to what it says. Thou art the anointed cherub. Now, a cherub is an angel. I, I need you to understand that cherub was an angel. Go ahead and read, Brother Bill. That covereth. Uh-huh. And I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down uh -huh. in the midst of the stones of fire. Yes. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. Stop right there, Brother Bill. Uh -huh. God, this is God talk. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God is telling Lucifer, <laughs> you was perfect. I, I created you. To do certain things. And, and, and I gave, not only that, but I gave you freedom mm -hmm. to roam to and fro. Mm -hmm. All of this I did for you. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that I created you. Now read, Brother Bill. Till iniquity was found in thee. Until iniquity was found in you. And the day that iniquity or sin was found in you, you had to move. You, you could no longer re reside. So when... Uh, here's a good lesson. As much as we love our children, and as much as we do everything for our children, when they want to be grown, put them out. You say, well, why should I do it? God did it. I think if God did it, Brother Claiborne, I, I could do the same thing. Yeah. Here is the rules of my house. When you don't want to no longer follow the rules, 
I'm putting you out. Amen, brother. How can the preacher do that? Well, if God did it, uh-huh. it's all right for the preacher to do it. Read, Brother Bill. Read, Brother Bill. By the multitude of thy merchandise. Yes, sir. They have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. Now, listen to what God says. I created you. I created you perfectly. I had an assignment for you. I gave you free reign. But the day that you decided that you want to be above me and sin comes in. Anytime you want to be above me, so I'll cast you out. In Genesis, thank you, brother. In Genesis chapter 3, God created Adam and Eve perfectly. And then Lucifer, because of his arrogance, wanted to be like God. God put him out of heaven. He came down to earth, and now he became the devil. Finds his way into the garden. And he ran into Eve. What did God say? God says that we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the tree in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat nor touch it. Unless you die. We read the passage and we think in our mind that the devil was focusing on the fruit of the trees. But let me tell you, the devil wasn't much focused on the fruit of the trees as he was focused on what God said. (laughs) Stay with me. God said that we may eat of the fruit of the trees, but of the tree in the midst of the garden. We shall not eat of that because the day that we eat of that, you'll die. See, that's where Satan wanted to focus his attention on. What did God tell you? God said that the day you eat this this, this fruit, you are going to die. Now, God loved man. And that's why God loved, made man. Because God loves him. But here comes Satan. Satan thinking... If I can get God to say it, God has to own up to his word. What did God say? God said that the day you eat of this fruit, you are going to die. Satan doesn't really care about Adam and Eve. See, when Satan got put out of heaven, he ain't thinking about what God made. He's thinking about the maker. So he says, God says that the day we eat of this tree, we will die. What's Satan trying to satisfy the conscience of Eve? You're not going to die. Now worry about that. You ain't going to die. See, God knows that the day you eat this, 
you're going to become as wise as God. You remember the Hebrew writer says that God can not lie. And you remember in Revelation, Jesus says that there's a war that is going on between Michael the archangel and Lucifer. So now here come Paul in, 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 in Romans 3. He said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God sent forth his son to be a perpetuation for our sin. Somebody got to pay because God said you are going to die. So if they're going to die, how in the world they're going to live? See, that's a question. That's the question this morning. Because, see, God is just, and he's also the justifier. So now, if God made man, and God loved man, and then God says that they're going to die, and God cannot go back on his word, how in the world is man going to be saved after God kills him? The text says that he sent forth his son to be a perpetuator between man and God. See, what went on in Eden got to take us to the cross. See, because if Eden didn't happen, see what Satan did in Eden, God had to create the cross. So, the text says, Genesis 5, for God do know that when you eat it, you will become as wise as God. But now, God also said, if you eat it, you are going to die. Now, but God loves man. God made man. But man went against God. So God has to appeal judgment on man. How can man find himself righteous in the eyes of God when he sinned? Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Cause see God himself cannot be the reward for man's sin. Man has to be that reward. So God is going to save man and also kill man at the same time so he can be finds himself as the justifier isaiah 53 brother ville in verse one who shall believe our report and to the home the ark of the lord reveal go ahead and read for he shall grow up he shall go forth as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground he hath has no form or no covenant. And when and we, when shall we see, see him, there is there's no, no desire that we should be desiring him. him. He is despised and rejected of men. A man, a man of, of sorrow, sorrows and acquainted, acquainted with, with grief. grief. And we hid as it were our spaces from him. him. He was despised and, and we esteemed him not. Read. Surely he hath borne Surely our grief he has borne and carried our, our sorrows. And carried Yet we did our sorrow. Yet we esteem him not. Smitten of God and afflicted. Yes, sir. Read. But he was wounded, but for, he was our wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised, he was for, bruised our for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. We are healed. 
of what God had to do. God had to find man that could be justified before him in order for man to come back and have this relationship before God. Wounded for our transgression. Bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of us. Peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I'm going to the cross. I got to get to my tax. Got to get to the tax. So now here's what Paul says. Paul says, God could not deliver man from his sin. But man had to be delivered for the sin of man. So what he did, he took the sin of man, set it on the cross. You see what? He took the sin of you and I, set it on the cross. Now, who's on the cross? John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it was in the beginning. And the word, 14 said, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. You remember in John 4 when Satan took Jesus, the angels took him out there into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil that had to be man no man can tempt God so then man had to be tempted John 1 says that if we sin we have an advocator with the father to take care of our sin issue so now Isaiah says, with his stripes, we are healed. Bruised for our iniquity. Where did Isaiah get that from? That's a good question. Genesis. Chapter 3 and 15, he said, I'm going to set enmity between thy seed and his seed. Go ahead and read, Brother Claymore. Look at the text. Jesus, look what God said. I'm going to go ahead. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Yes, sir. And between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. Yes, sir. And thou shall bruise his heel. Somebody Come on. is going to get bruised. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Revelation says there's a war uh-huh. that's going on. Yes, sir. See, when, when we come in on Sunday and as we go through our lives, we think Satan want us. Satan don't, Satan don't want us. It's because, see, you remember before you became a child of God? How everything in life feel good? Ain't nobody, Satan never run up on you. He had you. Long as you were outside of Christ, Satan, go ahead and do what you want to do. You remember all the time you thought you had a lot of money before you came to the church? Everything was going well, and then all of a sudden you got baptized, you lost your job. 
They revoke your car. They put you out your house. And you say, I was better off before I came to church. No, you wasn't. Satan doesn't want. Satan had you. He didn't need you then, but the minute you came to God. See, this war was never about you and I. The war was always about God and Satan. We just stumbled onto the truth. Oh, I got to get to the text. I got to get to the text. Remember Thursday night? They came and got Jesus. Sometime between midnight and morning, they tried him. Then they found him guilty. And then, do like they do now. They always want the voice of the, the, the public. So they brought two men out. Barabbas, who's a murderer, and Jesus, who's the Christ. Who in their right mind will take a murderer over Christ. Those people who Satan got. That's the people who were, that's the way we were, like Paul says, as were some of us. They say, give us Barabbas. And they say, crucify Jesus. They found him in Gethsemane. And the Bible says that the sweat of his body was so vigorated that it was as drops of blood. What are you doing, preacher? I'm going to Calvary. Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. I, I, I know what I know the conversation we had before the foundation of the world, but, but it, 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 if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But if it can't, if it can't be done, no other way, I want your will to be done. They told me that day in the cup. Nobody never tells us what was in the cup. What cup? What was in the cup that Jesus wanted to pass from us? It was the wrath to God. Nobody want the wrath of God. Because see, Jesus is looking in this cup and he's saying, in this cup is the wrath of God. And, and I'm the only one that know what the wrath of God is all about. So then they, they took him. They stretched him wide. Nailed him in his hands. Nailed in his feet lift him up before all if I be lifted up from this earth I'll draw all man unto me they said when he got up there he was thirsty and they give them vinegar on a hipster and when he tasted it he said I don't want it let I, I want to be able to do what I came to do. The Bible says that they beat him until his flesh became scorn with sores. You can also see the bones through the flesh. But they couldn't kill him because man can never kill God. And so, the Bible says, they hanged them up. 
he said with a loud voice, Lama Sabachthani. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Now you hear how I said that? Jesus says, why have you forsaken me? I've done everything. You didn't even forsake Israel. After you took them out of Egyptian captivity, carried them across the Red Sea, and they turned their back on you, but you did not forsake them. God, why do you forsake me? The text says, to declare I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be justified and the justifier of them who believe in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, then he gave up the ghost. You can't take God's life. God has to give up his life. So Paul says that Jesus Christ became the perpetuation. In other words, he is the punishment for our sins. They bruised him. They beat him. But they could not kill him. But God demand somebody, somebody to pay the debt for the sins of the world. And when that debt is paid, then God can become the justifier and finds us not guilty in his sight. See, Justice had to be paid. The sad thing about it, you and I couldn't pay our own justice. You said, well, but I got good credit. God not in taking your credit. You said, but I'm a, I'm a good person. Well, Jesus is better. You said, well, I never do anything unless I, I, I first ask God. Well, did you ask God? And then what did God say? You know what Paul says in Romans chapter 15? I want to do right. And I know right. But what I do is wrong. He said, and sometimes I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I still do it. And then on the other time, I know what is right, but I don't do that. He said that. There's a war that's going on within my members. See, all of us, every one of us, been to the point where we know what we were about to do was wrong. And we do it anyway because we got to satisfy this flesh. But see, when you do that, you find yourself separated from God. And when we sin, God demands retribution. So Christ had to come. They die. He died on the cross. They bury him in the tomb of Joseph of Arabatea. Early Sunday morning, he got up. That we can stand before God just. And God can justify us to himself. So he said, the debt pay. Ain't that nice? I, got, I, talk all, I said all of that to tell you <laughs> that the debt is paid. That the debt is paid. And you didn't pay it. 
Uh, it took me 48 minutes and 35 seconds to tell all of us that the debt's paid. And, and, and you don't have to do nothing but obey the cross. If you're not in the body, you're still in your sins. And Jesus said, if you die in your sins where I am, you cannot come. But God sent Jesus to be a perpetuation, the punishment for our sins. And if we obey the cross, God will find you not guilty. Ain't that something? Just think if you go there tomorrow morning and you open your mail and you get a letter from your mortgage company say debt paid in full. Your car note, you say, the car, car company call you up and say, send you your title paid in full. You, what you going to say? Woo, what a blessing from God. But you're going to stand before God justified. And you, we don't, we, we say nothing. We, we act like it's our God's right. We're not entitled to salvation. God gives us salvation. Now, if you don't have salvation, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Believe all your heart Christ died for you. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and we'll baptize you in water for the remission of your sins. And if you are a member of the Lord's church, we need to start acting like it. We need to start realizing that God has paid all of our debt. And we are a child of God. Hold your head high because you are a child of God. You're just passing through. You got a mortgage in heaven already paid for. Sometimes we should just act like it. Say, praise God. Yeah, if you want to jump up and shout, jump up and shout. Because God done something for you. That's enough for one day. Come right now as we together stand and sing the song that has been selected.